Uh, joining us now, we'll talk a little bit about this with our next guest, as he does every Tuesday morning, to give us an update on the legislative session. State Representative Walter Hudson. Good morning, sir. How is your uh, How is your mood this morning? Oh, hold on, Walter. There so, uh, we go. Can you start? Go ahead. It's difficult to find focus in the face of such a tornado of crazy surrounding <laughs> us at all times. It's, so many insane things are happening down there that picking one to spend any time focusing on and responding to is quite difficult. Yeah, I was uh, prepping for the show yesterday, and I uh, I sent uh, I sent Walter a, a text just like, "Hey, what do you want to what do you want to focus on?" And it's just we need a couple of uh, we need a couple of hours. Uh, let's start let's start here though. Um, I, I know that for me personally, Walter, in the wake of the House passage of the Protect Reproductive Options Act uh, that's now uh, over in the uh, in the Senate and um, everything that was said on the House that we shared on the show that you shared on your social media as well. Look, if the DFL is willing to move forward on the PRO Act, it kind of just made me sit back and go, well, you know, they're, 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 everything else that they're going to be working on um, by comparison, seems tame doing that thing with my fingers. Even when you go and look at what they talked about yesterday with this carbon-free 2040 plan they wanted that they're now trying to to rush through that was being debated uh, yesterday, correct? Yeah, and you understand perfectly exactly what's going on here. Because, yeah, you're right. You would think that a bill that makes it legal to terminate unborn life right up until the moment of birth and potentially a little bit beyond that that would be the worst thing that would come through the legislature. It certainly sets the tone in terms of the complete disregard for the value of human life. That is a recurrent theme um, in what the Democrats are doing in St. Paul. But this bill, House File 7, that was the blackout bill, um, because that's what it's going to do in Minnesota, this 2040 carbon-free energy mandate is, by some argument, worse just because of the sheer scope of human destruction that it will potentially cause. Get it. They are not. Go ahead. Continue. They are not taking any time whatsoever, which would traditionally be utilized to fully deliberate, debate, unpack, and talk about what, what I believe firmly is the most impactful legislation that the Minnesota legislature has ever considered since the founding of the state. This is a bill that says that the energy with which you commute back and forth to work, that heats your home, that produces your food, that keeps you alive, that that energy can no longer be cheap, abundant, reliable, that it instead has to be, quote, clean, unquote, quote, carbon-free, unquote, that that is more important than whether or not it is cheap, abundant, readily available, and reliable. And look, we have a process in the legislature where we deliberate things. We have these committees, and each of these committees are focused on particular spheres of human endeavor. So you've got your education committees and your environmental committees and your transportation committees. And the whole purpose of having those is that when a bill is drafted that has impact on those different spheres of life, we take it through those committees so that the, the public can have an opportunity from those perspectives to talk about those impacts. They are putting this through one committee, as far as we know, one. And last night on the House floor, we attempted unsuccessfully 
to get them to refer to only three other committees. Now, you could justify having this thing go through every single committee in the legislature because that's how broad the scope and impact is. But we just asked for three, and they turned that down. And the reason why is because they don't want you looking at it. They don't want you hearing what the impacts are. They don't want you to know what they're actually doing. They only want you to focus on their rhetoric. You tweeted out yesterday something to the effect of, you know, the the, the Democrats, the DFL, they ran on protecting democracy, and we're seeing, you know, anything but that at this point. And I guess, you know, I guess in my mind, I try to get my head, you know, on the rare occasion, try to get in my, you know, my head into an individual listening right now. With the tactics they're taking of rushing these things through with little debate and ignoring, you know, cogent arguments, rational arguments in pushing these things through. I mean, what can be done at this point beyond just getting things, getting opposition on on record? Is there any recourse to stop any of this at this point? Well, look, the recourse is on every man, woman and child who's listening to this yeah. and who the word gets out. You are the recourse. You, you need to contact legislators and let them know that you expect them to slow down and take their time and be thoughtful and be deliberate and to, and to consider the impact, consider the other side of the equation, because these people are always focused on only one side of any given moral or economic equation and completely ignore the other side. They are reckless, they are extreme, and they are undemocratic for, for all their posturing about the value of democracy, and they're running to protect democracy. Here they are ensuring that it doesn't happen, ensuring that we have as little conversation and as little deliberation as possible on what is, I think, unquestionably, the most impactful legislation that the Minnesota legislature has ever considered since the founding of the state. It's going to determine to the degree to which you can flip your lights on and heat your home, and they don't want you to have an opportunity to talk about it. They don't want to flesh this out in committee and find out if maybe there's something we can add to it that would make it better than it currently is. They just want to rush it to the floor and get it passed so that Governor Walls and Melissa Hortman can sit there and and wave it as a badge of honor. Look at me. Look at my virtue. I'm saving the planet by destroying our economic future. It's insane. Is there is there any logical explanation beyond them just wanting to wield their power as quickly as possible? I mean, what what downside is it? for the DFL to have these discussions but still move through with with what they want to get done? Or is it simply the matter of they're aware of how damaging this is and they just do not want to have a conversation about it? Like, I guess what is what is driving the expediency of the DFL at the moment? Yeah, two things. Um, the, the rabid desire for political wins and for being able to put forward claims and narratives about how productive they're being as a trifecta uh, but more importantly, what you mentioned, the second thing, the, the fact that if we have a conversation about this bill, if people learn what it does and what the impacts are going to be on their lives, it's going to cause major problems for the Democrats politically. For, for people to understand what is being considered and what the impacts are going to be and how it's going to impact their ability to live and work in Minnesota, it's, it's going to grind this thing to a halt. And again, to the point about democracy, that's exactly why they don't want it. They don't want to have a full democratic process that is, would traditionally be followed through the process of the legislature, because they specifically because they don't want to have democratic consideration of what their bill actually does. When you have a good idea 
When you have an idea that is going to work, an idea that is morally righteous, an idea that is the right thing for Minnesota, you want to show it off. You would, you would run it through every committee you can to point to and highlight how incredible it is going to be for the people in your district and Minnesotans across the state. They know this thing sucks. They know that it's going to destroy our lives. They know that it's going to have harmful economic impact for generations in perpetuity if they do it. And they don't want you to know that, which is why they're not hearing it in these committees. So what's the schedule like right now? I know that there was debate taking place on uh, this carbon free by 2040 proposal yesterday. Um, What's the status on this moving forward and where are things as it relates to the PRO Act as well? And I have a couple other items that I want to ask you about, too. Sure. Sure. So, again, that's the question. Uh, Last night on the House floor, we attempted to refer this bill to three other committees. Those efforts were all rejected along party lines by the Democrats. And so as it stands, as far as I know, this thing's going through one committee and then just going to be rushed to the floor. How soon could that happen? I, I don't know. Okay. At, the, at the speed that they're going, I wouldn't be surprised if it's next week. Okay. And then as it relates to the uh, to, to the PRO Act, where do things stand now? I know that there were there were potential for a couple of vulnerable uh, Senate DFLers on this. Where do things stand on this? I know you're in the House, but where do things stand on the Senate side with that, do you think? So it's coming to the Senate floor on Friday, and I encourage people to go to the official Minnesota legislature website, pull up the live stream video of the Senate and watch the debate. Um, because indeed, you know, Democrats have to ask themselves, not all of them, but certainly the ones that won by a few hundred votes or less than 1%, um, they need to ask themselves, is this what the people in their district want? Do they want the most extreme abortion policy on earth? with no guardrails, no protections for women or children whatsoever, uh, a bill that rejects, uh, has rejected common sense amendments that would just put a little bit of protection in there, a minor amount of common sense, reasonable protection for mothers, for the unborn, for the born, um, all of which has been rejected. Is that what people in Minnesota want? Because they're, they are going to go back to their districts alone. They're going to go back to their districts and have to face the music. And that's really the only hope at this point that remains. Because we know Walls is going to sign it. He has no <laughs> right, no regard for human life whatsoever, clearly, um, in pushing this. So the only hope lies in the heart of one or two senators being softened by righteousness and truth and any regard whatsoever for the sake of the human life. A couple of quick items, and I'll cut you loose this morning. I know that Representative Sandra Feist, she was on, you know, we played audio of her with the uh, the menstrual products in boys' bathrooms issue. But she, along with uh, Senator Kelly Morrison uh, out of Deep Haven, have introduced a bill to block a mining facility in northeast Minnesota. Um, your comment on, we're going to have Representative Tom Emmer on the show. We'll talk to him about it then as well. But your comments on this uh, on this this mining bill from these uh, from this house and and a Senate member. Well, we've got uh, a number of members in our caucus who represent folks up in that area, and uh, they're extremely disappointed, to say the least, that this is the direction. The notable thing about this is that this is being supported and forwarded by a bunch of Metro Democrats. So a bunch of folks like Representative Feist, um, who live nowhere near the Boundary Waters, are conjuring prohibitions on how people up on the Iron Range can make their living. And also, by the way, how they make their living is by producing the materials that these folks say we need to mandate 
in order to get to carbon-free energy by 2040. So the whole thing is self-contradictory and hypocritical. Um, but the other really noteworthy thing about this is that we, they do have, they're, they're losing their representation. The Democrats are up there on the Iron Range. Um, we did very well in this last election up there. But there is still one guy up there, Dave Lislagard, who's a Democrat who represents that area. He is conspicuously absent, not just from the list of support as the, someone whose opinion you would think uh, really should apply to legislation like this, but he's also not defending his constituents. He's not speaking out against it. He's trying to keep his head down. And uh, good luck with that, Dave. I don't think it's going to work out. Lastly, and I got about a minute left. Um, we're going to talk about this more next hour, uh, but the driver's license for all uh, bill. Uh, what's the movement on that uh, currently? And I know that uh, Center of the American Experiment had put an interesting piece out just talking about this issue of driver's license for all, but also this automatic voter registration. I, I believe there are supposed to be safeguards in this driver's license for all to keep that from happening. But what are your thoughts on this in the time that we have left? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the most noteworthy thing about it is that there's going to be no distinction between driver's licenses that are provided to legal residents of the United States and driver's licenses that are provided to illegal immigrants who should not be here and are breaking the law every moment that they continue here. Um, And proposals, because this isn't the first time this idea has been considered. There have been proposals in the past that would have had that distinction, you know, that would have had uh, licenses for illegals clearly marked um, as as not having legal residential status or have the orientation of the license be vertical instead of horizontal. It's something to where officials who are checking the license would know, hey, you know, you're, you're not dealing with uh, someone here who ought to be able to vote at the very least. But that's not part of this bill. And I think we know that that's intentional, right? Like, the, the, yeah. you take House File 3, which is their election catastrophe, and House File 4, which is driver's licenses for all. You put them together, and you just have this unaccountable. You, you have a mockery of democracy, um, which we know by our earlier conversation here, they clearly don't care about democracy at all. They don't care about your opinion. They don't want to hear from you. They don't. They want. They don't want to know what you think. They couldn't care less about what you think. And this is going to make it to where these two bills combined, what you think has no impact upon policy whatsoever, forever. Walter Hudson, keep up the good work. Uh, thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts this morning, and we'll talk to you again next uh, next week, sir.